blame it on the rain delay. Episode 8 of Soccer Over Gotham. It's Gary from SoccerOverGotham.com. Ruby and I can't wait to take a deep dive into one of the craziest soccer experiences we've ever been a part of. A game that started on one day and finished on another. Thank you for tuning in once again to Soccer Over Gotham podcast. There is a ton of news to cover, including updates on the Olivia Moutre situation in Portland and the Elise LeHue situation here in Gotham. We have a Gatantini sighting, which is exciting. And we brought back Robbie Rogers from Jersey Sporting News to get his take on what his expectations were, what Gotham is right now, where we are, and where we are heading. As always, if you have any thoughts or questions, you can email us at soccerovergotham at gmail.com, and we would answer your questions. So without further ado, let's go Gotham. Thanks for listening. Now onto the show. Welcome to episode eight, Blame It on the Rain Delay. Uh, Ruby, how are you today? I am doing great, but I'm a little exhausted. Uh, Like I said before, family's over. So I was just telling you, Gary, we've been doing all the touristy things going around New York. Uh, They've been to Niagara. We've been to New York. We've been to South Jersey for uh, Six Flags, uh, Philly, and all, all that stuff i guess but i'm exhausted but we're here excited to be here how are you good all the way to niagara all right yeah what <laughs> a trip how long did it take you to get there uh it was an eight hour trip oh wow it's a lot but six flags must have been fun it must have been like crazy hot though yeah it this weather has been crazy like it was a little bit cool then it was really hot then it rained like crazy and today is sunny again so yeah, we're getting all like seasons and in, in a couple of weeks. It's it's crazy. Yeah, indeed. But so how about Friday night? What a night that was. I can tell you, I played a lot of soccer and I watched a lot of soccer and I've never experienced anything like that. Uh, I don't recall ever being part of a game that started on one day and then ended on another day. Uh, this game was supposed to start at 7 and it didn't start until 1020 because of the rain delay. It was pouring, absolutely pouring. And honestly, a huge thanks to the ground crew at RBA. That field is one of the best soccer fields in the country because it was like straight downpouring for three hours. And it just, the field just did not look waterlogged. It was just perfect the entire night, which was it's just crazy. So, Rusby, how was your experience on this crazy night? Well, a crazy night to remember, indeed, yes. I got there and I was like, I was a little late. I was probably running like two, three minutes late. So I was like, oh, my God, I got to rush and get there before the game starts. I got there and realized they had delayed the game. So I was kind of happy. I was like, all right, maybe like 15, 20 minutes and then we'll start. Uh, Then we just kept waiting. So I was like, all right, let's go get some drinks. Got some empanadas. Yes, I finally got some empanadas. And I love them. They were really good. So I can't wait to get them again next time. Um, so we kept waiting and waiting. I was like, all right, let's go get a pride shirt. So we went and got a pride shirt. 
And then we kept waiting and waiting. And unfortunately, I had to leave. I left like around 9 p.m. My wife had to turn in a very important report by midnight. Uh, we had been working on Well, she had been working on it for like all day. And then she was like, all right, let me stop now. Let's go to the game. We'll come back, finish, turn it in. But we were not expecting the delay. So we had to leave. Um, got home like around 9.30ish. And I had to watch it from home. But still, it was a great game. Yeah, it was, it was 9.30, I think, when they let us back to the seats. Uh, and was, they're like, you can go back to your seats now. We're like, yay. And they're like, the game's not going to start for 40 minutes. Oh. <laughs> <And> it, didn't, <laughs> yeah, it didn't start until what, 10.20, something like that. Yeah. Then it was like an hour and a half ride home for me after after like 12.30, we leave in there. It's crazy. But uh, yeah. So uh, as promised listeners, uh, I got there early and I bought all the pride t-shirts and two bandanas. I don't even wear bandanas. <laughs> they were just so cool and I had to get them. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, uh, Brisa's has quite the following. I just quickly posted that I was going to pass the time uh, between the rain delay by eating their vegan empanadas. And it was like, my phone just would not stop blowing up with people adding me, messaging me, and it's like retweeting and all this stuff. And the team reposted it <laughs> and Breezes reposted it. Because when I got there, I asked for the vegan empanadas. They're like, yeah, they're, they're sold out. <laughs> I must have bought them all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was you. Yeah. Because like, it seemed like in their uh, stand, they only had two empanadas. And they had like some more, just a couple in the back in like their mm-hmm. f- fridge freezer. So I got a couple of those. So I got lucky. Yeah. yeah, I didn't get that lucky. So I got, uh, we got two orders, one beef, one chicken, but they were amazing. So yeah. next time I'm going to try the vegan. Yeah, you got to. They're, they're really good. And uh, so let's talk about this game. Like, I mean, where do you, where do you even start? Um, Gotham came out in like a similar formation and lineup as you saw in Seattle uh, with Cujo kind of pressed higher up the pitch, which I still think is a it's working, so keep it keep it going. Uh, Didi Harachich was the notable change in goal. Uh, you can call this a four one four one formation. Uh, it, side note: It was good to see Jersey Girl Kristen Edmonds in the starting lineup for KC uh, during the weather delay. Uh, Kristen was walking around the concourse just, I guess, to talk to family, and uh, everyone kind of just left her alone, which I was surprised. Maybe people didn't recognize her, but yeah, I, I kept my distance, let her do her thing. Um, but yeah, so Gotham came out of the gate extremely fast. I mean, they had a shot on goal within 30 seconds with some great interchange between Midge and Anamano, really just kind of setting the tone for the match. Uh, Gotham was in complete control of this match in the first half. And there was a moment in the 28th minute where there was a corner kick uh, for KC, which forced um, Kawasumi to come near side and uh, switched Midge Pierce to the far side. And after that, they pushed forward and they kept their position. So Kawasumi was on the right side. She found a really good space on the right side of the field, grabbed the ball, made a really quick pass to Anamano, who made a beautiful touch inside, and then curled one with her left foot to the far corner, which was an inch either way, uh, would have been blocked or hitting the post, but it was a beautifully perfect shot through traffic. And uh, so Kawasumi with two assists in two games, which is good for her. Uh, Gotham was again in complete control, but it felt a little bit like they took their foot off the gas near the end of the first half and then basically 
put the game on cruise control for the second half. The game shifted maybe 60 minutes into cruise from cruise control to basically Tesla autopilot. Uh, one poor back pass and one moment of brilliance at that made ESPN's top 10. Uh, Laro from KC just long range chip McGlynn uh, to the back post. It was an incredible, you know, one person effort and it was a, a moment of brilliance. And uh, yeah, that was all she kind of wrote. Um, she actually clipped, uh, chipped McGlynn, who was subbed in for Didi, who had a pretty hard collision. Uh, but it looks to be like she's okay. She's still posting on social media, stuff like that. But hopefully she'll be back before next game. But this game felt like Gotham letting two points slip away. Uh, Barnhart uh, for KC made a world-class save on the, like, the dying seconds on Lee, who had a clear chance on goal, and uh, that preserved the tie. But uh, yeah, so Ruby, what was your thoughts on this crazy match? Yes, it was crazy. I don't know if it was the rain or the late start, but to me, I feel like they didn't play that the last game. I thought last game was going to be the turnaround, and we're going to just going to go keep like keep going that way. But it didn't. It felt a little bit like when we played Orlando. Uh, we got the first goal, and. But then KC scored and, you know, like I'm telling you, kind of felt like what happened with Orlando. The back line was not the same without Mandy Freeman. I've talked about uh, Freeman since the beginning of the season. And here's why we need her there. Uh, She's always um, aware of her surroundings. And I think if she would have been there, that we would have won and we would have taken those three points. Uh, It's a little disappointing, but it is what it is. Uh, We were able to keep uh, to get a point. And we were able to keep our fifth place in the standings. Yeah, 1,000% agree with you. So let's just uh, just dissect this match a bit. Uh, so, Ruby, I'm going to turn it over to you. Uh, what are some thoughts on this match? Um, well, I can tell you why I didn't like about the match. I can tell you I didn't like the rain because <laughs> I had to miss the game. But other than that, I had a good time. Um, side note here, just going a little bit off topic, I saw my cousin's family, the Pintos out there, uh, whole family was there supporting Brianna. Uh, I w- and I would like to see Brianna have more playtime, honestly. Um, I, I don't think I've seen her enough to have an opinion on her and how she's doing in, in Gotham. Um, but again, she told us uh, when we interviewed her that she wants to be the rookie of the year. So I want to see her in action with Gotham and see if she can make our, our midfield even stronger. Yeah, absolutely. We're we're pushing for you, Brianna. Let's let's make it happen. So, how about this midfield? Uh, another game, another game where the opponents were basically forced to abandon the midfield. Uh, if you were to see a heat map of like Friday's game for KC, I bet in the middle of the field was like a frozen tundra. <laughs> uh, this team is, was just not getting any traction in the middle of the park. I imagine it was hard enough when you had just Cujo and Long. But adding Zerboni to the mix adds just another veteran bite, and they're all just they're just dominant players in the middle, and they just break up everything, and it's just impossible to move the ball through them. Like I don't, I don't know for the life of me why Long is not getting the love she deserves for this season. Yeah. She's having, uh, she's been masterful in changing the point of the attack and breaking up anything that comes near her. Uh, Gotham has been 
for the first kind of half of the season, kind of forcing teams or opponents to like one side of the field. And through with quick passing, they're pulling them all over to one side. And then one quick pass to long, and she makes a quick turn and plays that, that flat pass across the, the field to the, the opposing uh, defender. And it's just off to the races on the other side. It really pulls the other team apart. And it's, it's just, it's really a beautiful thing to watch. And I think she's having a stellar season. And I know that she's, you know, the national team is a club and stuff, but I feel like she should be playing herself into another shot at some point. But yeah. So Ruby, what else do you think? Yeah, I I agree with you. And I actually wonder why she's not in the national team anymore. But then again, there's so much talent out there. So it's really hard to just pick like some players and then have to discard other players. I just hope she makes her way back into the team. I mean, again, anything is possible. If not, just ask Christy Mewis. Yeah, agreed. Absolutely. Another thing I love about this team right now is, I'm just telling you, I love Midge Purse running at players. It is just so much fun to watch. I mean, KC, for their part, did pretty well in kind of always having trailing defenders to kind of corral Midge into like dribbling into traffic. But the the only way to stop Midge at this point is by committee. Uh, you're not going to be able to stop Midge with one defender. She's just going to burn everybody. She's too fast uh, and she's too, she, she uses her space so well uh, and you're just not going to be able to cut her down. So just personal thought, if, if I was trying to defend Midge first, uh, there's pretty much two ways to do it. Uh, there is one where you're just going to be on her heels the entire time. You're just going to have to stick one person on her and force her to keep her back to the goal. Because as soon as Midge turns and faces you, you're in big trouble. <laughs> She's just going to get going to just burn right by you. Uh, so the only other thing you could possibly do is what Casey kind of did, which was uh, defense by committee. You kind of have to have a trailing defender and try to get Midge to. She's going to beat you anyway, so just let her beat you to a spot where another defender is standing or cutting her off, and try to corral her to one side of the field or away from goal. Uh, but the first. 30 minutes, Midge was just having her way with that defense. And then when Gotham started taking their foot off the gas a little bit, they were able to kind of corral Midge a little bit better. But uh, yeah, again, I am so here for Midge on a mission, just taking on players. And I got all the popcorn just waiting to see what she does next. I'm so here for it. Yeah. I have yeah. to agree with you, but then again, you're giving out here the the, the sauce, the <laughs> secret. What's wrong? Don't, don't tell people how to be mid. Yeah, you really have to be quick on your feet if you want to be uh, mid. Yeah. Really, really quick. Because she can change speed so fast. You, you just see her and then you don't. Yes. Uh, we can definitely talk about mid for hours. And, and then again, I get annoyed because Blocko didn't take her to the Olympics. But then again, I'm glad she's here with Gotham because yeah. we need her. Yes. And yeah, I want I wanted her to go to uh to Tokyo, but uh, I love to see her play with Gotham. So yeah, it, it's a hard one for me. But yeah, I, like I said, we can talk about Midge. So on and on and on. Yeah, this team without Midge is is uh ooh, that sounds scary to me <laughs> right now. Uh, but the one thing uh, I'll tell you that I didn't quite like about this. It's pretty obvious. Uh, you can't go to sleep against any opponent. Uh, I mean, I get the game was played past all of our bedtimes, uh, but Gotham went to sleep early against KC. That back pass that led to the goal was 
poor in many ways, but it's not the first time this year or the season that Gotham has made those kind of bad bath passes, but you kind of have to take it as that was a world, a worldly of a goal. Uh, that was a beautiful one person effort and it was completely against the run of play. It was a moment of brilliance, but you know, that's, that's soccer. Soccer is about moments. It's not about games. It's again, you can, you can, you just can't switch off for a second. That wasn't Mandy's fault. She was in position. Um, Gotham played Casey all game and held them to two shots on goal. Uh, they were outplayed, outpassed, outpossessed, outshot. But these things happen. Um, you know, the better teams don't always win. And uh, I guess, yeah, let's just blame it on the rain and say that uh, hopefully they le- lesson learned. Can't turn off. Yes. Um, I have to agree with you. Like, they went to sleep really early. It was like kind of like Cinderella. It hit 12 and then the magic stopped. Like, what's going on? Yeah. So, yeah, we got those two points taken away from us. And, yes, let's just let's just blame it on the rain <laughs> and hope to see a little more hunger from the players. See, um, we just have to stay hungry. We just have to be consistent. We can't go to sleep on the second half or the last 10 minutes because clearly we can see that the opponent, it's, it's going to take the chances. It's going to be there in that moment and just going to take advantage of it. Uh, yes. We lost, we have only lost one game, but then again, we've only won three games out of the seven, so we need more winning games. Uh, the game with Orlando and KC should have been a win for us, so I don't know, Gary. I still don't know what's going on with Gotham. Yeah, I think I think, I think you hit it on the head there. It's Gotham is a little too content about just, uh, maybe too overconfident with their defense that they're just kind of, you know, pack it in and say, we can, you know, we got this. We don't need to, but this team, you you know, even with the defense that they have, one goal is just not going to be enough. It's just not. So they're going to have to start scoring goals in bunches like they did in Seattle. Cause once you get that second goal, it really puts that doubt in the other team's mind. But the, you let them hang around long enough. Things like that happen. Indeed. So Ruby, what was your player of the week? So for me this week, Anumanu, another player that keeps being consistent week after week. Even if she is a, uh, she subs in, she still delivers results. For me, she is the player of the week. Yeah, yeah. Anumanu had a fantastic game. My player of the week, I, I know I already mentioned her, but uh, I think Long was brilliant again. I think Ali is just thriving in Freya's system. I think we're absolutely lucky to have her, and she has just hit the ground running, literally, and she's been awesome. But yeah, Ruby, do you have any do better players? Yes, I do. And I know you have the same player, but for <laughs> me, it's Dorsey. Uh, just because of that weak pass. I think I watched that video like 20 times now. And I'm just like, really? Like, that was a lazy pass. You, you had to like put a little more force into it. So the ball will go faster to get back to Estelle Johnson. And it could have been avoided. But here we are. What about you, Gary? Yeah, double down on that, I guess. Uh, I mean, for, on a night where everybody was pretty dominant, it was a pretty, uh, it was a pretty smooth game for the for the team, and everyone played pretty well. I guess you just kind of have to give it for that back, one back pass. It's not a bad idea, kind of ninety nine times out of hundred. It's a fine pass, and Gotham does this all the time. But it just wasn't good enough Friday nights. So, yeah, we'll just we'll just go with Dorsey. 
So moving on, we have a, a really interesting game coming up. This is a team that if Gotham wants to prove that they are a top five team, they need points in this match. Uh, we have played Portland a couple times already. We played them in the final of the Challenge Cup, and we played them a couple weeks ago, and both the times came up just short. Portland is an extremely talented team, even without all their national team players, because again, we're both missing, both teams are missing players. This game is a test for this team going forward, because if they do not get points in this game, they're not a top five team. If we get points in this game, we can say, hey, we're here at the top and we deserve to be there. So last time uh, these teams played was at Red Bull Arena, where Portland came away with a one nothing winner because of a great Crystal Dunn goal. And frankly, that game was pretty evenly matched all the way through. Uh, Portland's going to be without many national teamers, as will we, but they are still an extremely dangerous side, especially with, with Rocky Rodriguez and Charles and all them. Uh, so it's going to be an interesting matchup. Ruby, your thoughts for this one? I want Gotham to win so bad, so bad because we uh, played Portland in the final, the Challenge Cup, like you said, and we fell short. And then we played uh, Portland uh, a couple of weeks ago as well. And throughout the game, like you said, it was pretty even. And then we let that goal in. So we felt short to, to Portland a few times now. But I think if we have Freeman back on defense, I can see this game in another tie for Gotham. Um, I'm going to predict 1-1 one, one for this game, but I'm hoping for a 2-1 for Gotham. Again, I want to see that hunger. I want to see them like go for those balls, be first at that ball, be aggressive, um, make space for yourself. Sometimes you're like in the bunch, and by the time you get the ball, it gets taken away. So hopefully we win this one. But what are your predictions, Gary? I think your prediction is spot on. Uh, as we just talked about, I think this is a, a, a match that is going to tell a lot about what this team is. So I am rooting for a 2-1 victory. I think we can do it. Uh, I'm expecting to possibly see uh, Gatane Tine make an appearance in this match. And I hope we okay. see uh, Brianna Pinto at a little bit earlier of a substitution. And uh, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, as the official... I guess we I guess we're the official uh, Saddam Lee's fan club. I think we've been missing a little bit of Lee these past couple of weeks. We need to see her uh, back on the field. What do you think? Yes, I agree with you 100%. Um let's see what happens. I'm going to be I'm so excited to watch this next game because again, like you said, this is going to determine a lot of things for for Gotham. And if you want to stay in the top 5, you have to win and we have to show that we deserve this. Hopefully we can reach the final, uh, but we need more wins. Yeah, agreed. Uh, so uh, we do some news. Uh, so there, just give you a quick update on the LaHue situation. Uh, frankly, I just want to say that, um, not I apologize, but I didn't like the way I kind of assumed last week with really little information on what could be uh, the issue with Elise. I should have just took it as you know, as what it was, was pretty much dead news and with no context. So uh, po apologize for me speculating a little bit, um, maybe a little ahead of myself. But essentially what we're at right now is LaHue is on personal leave. 
Uh, she did pop up. She's still doing appearances. Uh, she was announcing one of the women's national hockey league draft picks, uh, where underneath her name, underneath her name, it's still said, uh, Gotham GM. So she's still with the team. She's just on personal leave. And that is kind of where we're at with that. Uh, Ruby, anything else? Well, I have to add that, that, um, we have to remember that, uh, 2020 and part of 2021 has been rough on everyone, especially yeah. because of the pandemic. So we have to take consideration, like, you know, sometimes it was too much. Sometimes we just need a break, some um, a mental health break. So hopefully everything is okay with her and we hope to see her back pretty soon. Yeah. Um, but yeah, on other news, I do have other news. I have some news on Gotham Reserves. Well, we didn't have a game this weekend, but there were two additions to the roster for the Gotham Reserves. Uh, we have Mimi Awesome. I hope I said that correct. Uh, she's from Texas, uh, Dallas, Texas. Mimi led the Ivy League in 2018 with 12 goals and one assist with a total of 25 points. Most recently, Mimi has played professionally abroad in Portugal for Benfica. And the other um, draft uh, pick for, or another draft uh, addition to the roster, sorry, uh, is Mackenzie Pluck. Uh, she's from North Wales, PA. Mackenzie is a rising senior in Duke, and she has been invited to the U.S. national team camps on several occasions. And in her uh, three seasons with Blue Devils, she has logged a total of 13 goals and 13 assists. So that's a great addition for the Gotham reserves. No doubt. That sounds exciting. <laughs> and I just, I took a quick peek at like some of their, I guess I watch the games when I can, but they're like, um, their score lines are ridiculous. They're like seven, nothing, six, nothing, <laughs> five to one. They're like tearing they're stuff up. There. Everyone. Yeah. And uh, it was a Delaney Sheehan had like a hat trick in one of the games. And it was yes. like, it was dirty too. I think she like, went through the keeper's leg when the keeper was out like at the 18 on the one-on-one. Like she could have just totally went around her, but just went right through her. I thought it was quite dirty, <laughs> but yeah. So we're, again, we're excited about all those players at uh, Gotham reserves and we plan to give you a little bit more news as we go along. Uh, but speaking of news and speaking of sightings, uh, we have a Katane Thini sighting. Uh, she was in the 18 and I uh, saw, so we saw her warming up to get into the game, but never made it on. I, just assume that if Gotham got that second goal that we were looking for, we definitely would have seen her play. Um, but so looking forward to it. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit later on um, with Robbie Rogers of Jersey Sporting News, and we're going to talk a little bit more about her in depth. Um, one other thing that I'm just going to mention uh, that I find really frustrating uh, about covering NWSL is the kind of lack of communications about injuries. Uh has the team really talked at all about Paige Freeman or Didi's injury? Uh, I keep hearing about this like injury list that they put out, but I can never find it. Um, and uh, maybe I have to maybe we have to get those press passes to get in the on those details. But uh, you know, we had to ask a player uh, how Paige was doing, and she said it was a hamstring injury. And I'm hoping that's the case, but it's been really frustrating as uh, just as a fan. Yeah. You have to have a special code for that list. I don't know. Maybe, but yeah, definitely. It's a little frustrating. Like, we want to know what's going on, what, what's happening with the players. Like, for example, I assumed Freeman was going to play in our last game since they didn't, I didn't see any news uh, like of her injury. 
So I thought she was fine and she was going to she was going to play, but she did not play. And after Didi was taken out of the game, um, la- the, our last game against KC, I kept looking for news and I, I couldn't find anything. So I don't know what's going on. Hopefully they're OK. Hopefully they're good to play uh, against Portland because they're really important to the team. Yeah, absolutely. So, Ruby, let's let's talk about our opponent a little bit this week. Uh, and one of our opponents is going to be Olivia Moutray. I think uh, did some digging and found some really interesting things about Olivia. Uh, she well, first, congrats to her on being the youngest player ever to enter a match yeah. in the NWSL by nearly two years. Uh, it's actually kind of funny uh, seeing the NWSL kind of celebrating that fact, even though they really tried really hard to keep her away from the from playing. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, Olivia is the one who took NWSL to court and won saying she was being discriminated against by not letting her sign a professional contract. Uh, since she essentially plays for Portland, we may see her in action on Sunday. I'm really excited to see more of these young players making leaps into the pros. Uh, this will catapult the sport into new levels. And honestly, I'm here for it. Uh, yeah. Ruby, do you have any thoughts on this? Yes. So definitely she's breaking barriers. She's breaking all the rules technically and making new rules for the the next generation coming uh that it's really awesome and for the nwsl yeah like you said they were celebrating it like they were supporting it since the start when they were not it was kind of like if you can't go against them i guess join them and they were like yeah, yeah congratulations but no and for real honestly i'm really happy for her uh she's been uh working really hard to get to this point and she really deserves to be there so uh, she got some minutes last um last game with portland and that was really exciting for her her debut in the end of yourself as a professional soccer player that was awesome so we hope to see more of her yeah so, so i want to give a couple tidbits that i, that I learned uh, this week about olivier uh so she signed uh with north carolina university uh when she was 11 to play college soccer which is Interesting, but that happens all the time on like the men's side. It doesn't really happen that much on the women's side. Uh, so that was really interesting that she signed so early. Uh, so they knew how good she was that young. Uh, and then at age 13, she signed a contract with Nike, which kind of voided her eligibility for college. And she was essentially a pro at 13 because she signed with Nike to do uh, the commercials and stuff like that for her. So at that point, when she signed that, that Nike contract, she couldn't play until she was 18. So that was five years of her learning to, uh, you know, learning to grow. And she was playing with the with Portland and, uh, I guess, friendlies and stuff like that. So her taking the NWSL to court uh, was her, her kind of her only way uh, to be a pro until uh, she made the age of 18 at the current rules. So that's kind of what she had to do. Uh, so they basically sued saying that in any other sport, whether it's the men's side, whether it's basketball, whether it's football, these players are signing contracts at 15. I, like I know personally as a Red Bulls fan, they're signing 15-year-old players every month, essentially, uh, for the reserve team. So why not her, essentially? Uh, and yeah, and they won, which again, I'm, I'm glad for this because I would like to see college soccer be as relevant to the men's as it is to the women. I want to see these women get contracts younger, be in a professional organization younger, and be able to grow at a younger age and not wait till you know they're 20, 21 before they see their professional minutes. Uh, the coach for the 
or sorry, the GM for the Red Bulls basically said that if you're not uh, in a pro environment by the time you're 18, 19, you're really behind in this current level where the men's are at. And I would like to see the women be that way. So I'm ex- again, I'm ex- super excited for this, and I hope it breaks a lot of barriers and we start seeing more younger women, uh, younger ladies uh, getting into the sport and growing yeah. at a, bring it to a higher level. Yeah, definitely. We want to see some equality in uh, women's sports. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you saw on Twitter or on social media how in Connecticut, well, the U.S. women's uh, national team were playing against Mexico. In the stands, they had a sign that said "Equal Play, Equal Pay." Yeah, and they took that sign down. That that was dirty. That was really dirty. Like, and really classy, right? Yeah, agreed. I think we could probably spend uh, three hours <laughs> talking about just that because, <laughs> yeah, we have. A, I'm sure we both have a lot to say about that. Absolutely. Um, yes. Also in the news, uh, the OLL Rain uh, parted ways with their coach uh, this week. So hopefully. Our win over them helped catapult that. I was not a big fan of that guy. Uh, his hire was considered by some to be problematic because of the way he allegedly treated players concerning fitness and weight. Uh, I believe it was Haran who said while playing for him, she was benched until she could lose weight. And this is like, this is Lindsay Haran, one of the best players in the world. And she was she had to lose a little bit of weight before she could play, which I thought was yeah. silliness and... If that is true, I say good riddance. Uh, hopefully they can find a less problematic coach in the future. Yeah, what I've heard that she that he told her, yeah, that she needed to lose some weight. And once she like lost weight, he was kind of like, oh, you're, you, you look so beautiful now. What kind of person says that to someone? Like, yeah, uh, I'm so glad he's gone, honestly. I wasn't fond of him either. So I'm glad he's gone. I don't care what happened, but he's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Part of being an athlete is, I guess we call it like sports psychology. And if you are in your own players' heads about their weight, how are they going to perform on the field? Honestly, if you're, if you're causing them to doubt themselves off the field, they're not going to play well on the field. So that's just problematic from, from any, any aspect of sports coaching. It's terrible. So yeah. So Ruby, do you have any other thoughts? No, those are all my thoughts for today. Like I'm telling you, my brain is fried from all these <laughs> going around with the family. So I'm going to take a nap later on today because yes. I have a long day today. <laughs> yes. So we're going to end this podcast part uh, with two kind of updates on the podcast itself. Some good news. Uh, so as you guys know, I'm a big nerd. So I, I like reading. I love studying. and I'm trying to become a better podcaster. So I'm reading all of these things. And two things popped out at me. Uh, one, it said that most podcasts uh, fail after their seventh episode. Like it's going to be like there's some kind of where they hit a podcast wall where usually at the seventh episode, podcasts kind of fall off. And I, I could see that for like, if you're like a, if you're a gardener, like how much could you talk about gardening? <laughs> but if before like, you know, realizing that you're not get, gaining an audience or whatever like that. So I get that. But for us, as long as Gotham plays, we'll be here. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's true. So- as long as Gotham is here, we'll be here giving you guys some news and thoughts on 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 the matches. Yeah, and the second thing is, uh, I, I'm not sure exactly what this means, but uh, we got enough listeners on our last episode to put us past the top fifty percent of podcasters for downloads for a week. So, Woo. yeah, I guess that, I guess that's a big deal. 
I don't know, but it sounds good. <laughs> I, can, I can tell random strangers that like, hey, my podcast is in the top 50%. <laughs> yes, we deserve that. Indeed. So that comes to the end of this segment one. We will be back with an interview with Robbie Rogers from Jersey Sporting News. And then we will see you guys on the other side of this Portland game, which, again, so important. Uh, Ruby said, uh, do you say 1-1 one, one or 2-1? I said 1-1, one, one, but hoping for a 2-1. So right. we'll see. <laughs> yes. So Ruby says 1-1. One, one. I'll say 2-1. And, again, we'll see you on the other side of this. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. All right, my guest tonight is friend of the show and Gotham FC beat writer for Jersey Sporting News, Robbie Rogers. Welcome back, Robbie. Hey, thanks for having me back. So. Indeed, yeah, you're my first second, first two time guest, and uh, feel like I want to have you on periodically throughout our you know our journey. So I got to find a little like segment or theme music for you when it be your interviews. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find a special one for you. Yeah, thanks. Good. So uh, we'll talk a little bit about uh, Friday night. How crazy was that? Uh, and what was your experience? It was just, it was so crazy. Like just some multiple rain delays. Um, I did like part of the experience because like while I was delayed, I got to talk to fans and people I really had never met before. So I thought that part was cool. But um, starting the game three hours late was not, not a lot of fun. But getting to meet people made it totally worth it. So, so. And you're, you're, so you're from Connecticut, right? Yeah, I live in uh, so, southeastern Connecticut. So. Oh, so you got a ride home too, right? Yeah, I got back at about like four in the morning. But oh. I mean, like that was like the way it was when we played at Rutgers. So it was nothing new. That so, is true. Yeah, I got home a little after 2.30, I think. Yeah, cause I'm, yeah, I'm in Pennsylvania, so it's quite a trip. But you stayed for the like press stuff. So that's... Uh, so how has that changed? It's it's like virtual now, right? It's all virtual. I, I hate it, to be honest, because it's like, <laughs> I feel like you don't have that same energy in the press room. You you miss a lot of that. And then like, you have the technical difficulties too. So I was at like, um, was, for example, I was at the national team games over the weekend and they had Becky Sauerbrunn on and I was trying to ask her a question and my audio wouldn't work. Oh boy. <laughs> so I was like, that's awesome. Where it's like, if I was in person, I'd be like, okay, you know, I know my voice works. So yeah, yeah so that's like the worst of it. So, yeah. So speaking about Hartford, uh, so that must've been a lot closer, obviously to you. Um, how was your time at the, the national game game? Oh, they were, they were so much fun. That Thursday night game that just, it just downpoured. And mm. they said they had 21,000 in attendance. 19,000 must've stuck around through that rainstorm. So it was just the energy down there. Cause I ran down during halftime and kind of watched like the start of the second half from the stands as, as aside from the press box. And like the fans were just, they were just energetic. There's, you can tell like it was just downpouring and it was miserable. So they were yeah. just having a great time cheering on the team. And then Sunday was the same thing. They had like 27,000 and they were just loud and, you know, raring to go. And it was just like, it was awesome. So it was just, it was an incredible environment. And I was glad I was able to be there. So and we got to see some Jersey girls scoring some goals. We did. We did. We got to see Tobin Heath come back, you know, so she, she put in two. And then Carly had that diving header. So pretty solid, you know, so. And I saw your question to Tobin about New Jersey and how much 
reverence she has for the state that she's from. Yeah, she loved she loved that question. So I was I was really glad I got to ask her that question, and it's just awesome getting to that getting asked that about you know being from your home state and how it makes you feel. So yeah. So we talked a little bit earlier, and we talked about kind of our expectations for the season. So now that we're kind of in this crazy spot where uh, we've already had Challenge Cup, we're kind of a third away through the season. A lot of teams are missing players for the Olympics. Is this kind of where you expected Gotham to be, or did you expect them to be higher or lower in the standings? I feel like they're. I feel like you have to look at that. The standings are. I think they're the closest they've been in years. It's, it's like two, three points deciding it. Whereas if, if you look at like 2019, it was just like, you know what I mean? There was a huge gap of like, here's the top teams. Here's So I really don't think like we're underperforming at all. I feel like we're exactly where I thought we were going to be. Uh, minus like give or take a couple games. You know, you had that, that late goal in Orlando and then you had the late goal Friday night against KC. But other than that, like we're still in the fight to be a top one, top two team. So I feel like we're right where I thought we were going to be. So... Yeah, so we're definitely going to revisit that later, uh, some more questions. But uh, so tell me, like, there's been a lot of really good things that's happened so far this season with the team. But can you tell me, like, what are, like, some takeaways that you think are, like, kind of the bright spots of this season? Um, I think, like, one, so we have a couple. Our offense is starting to click, as we saw in um, up in Tacoma mm-hmm. with that 3 nothing win. Um, I feel like our defense is playing the best defense they've played. I mean, we've allowed the least goals out of any other team in the NBL. So I feel like those are two major bright spots. And we're starting to get we're starting to get like more players back right now and working in the system. And just like I feel like we're we're the best we're the best we've been all season right now, essentially. So yeah, I think kind of the things that that jumped out to me so far this season, it's probably been Allie Long. I talked about her on this uh, podcast earlier, but I think she's been phenomenal. Um, and I, I, I was I was questioning earlier, and um, what do you think? I'll ask you that question. So, what do you think Allie needs to do to get back in the national team, or do you think it's you think it's done for her? I think she can get back on it. I just think um, I think she'll be back on there. I don't think she needs to change anything she's doing. I just think. I think it's just you have to look at that pool of Olymp- like you have to look at our pool of yeah. Olympic players and players we have on the national team. You know what I mean like there's so many that are going to get. You're always going to ask that question like, oh, why did this player get left off? Why did this? Like we have such a deep pool of players to pull from. Like I think she'll be back on there. So yeah, yeah, it's, it's, she's got to be close. She has to be. She's having such a good season. And I was uh, want to know your thoughts on you say Mandy Freeman how she's doing this season. I think she's doing amazing. I'm glad that I was glad when she came back from that um, injury she had a couple seasons ago. And it's just awesome to see her play and just playing amazing defense. So I always talk about our defense and I'm, I will never stop talking about our defense. <laughs> she's one of those key pieces to that defense. So yeah, it's definitely, uh, even though this defense seems to be plug and play, but it, you definitely felt a big hole in the defense, even as dominant as they were against KC, still felt that Mandy's president was missing. Yeah, but I mean, like, I feel like our like we can put in anyone. You can put in like you can switch around our back line so often. And Frey has talked about it multiple times in press conferences. Is like, hey, you can literally same with our goalkeepers. Like, you can yeah. you can take out uh, Kalen. You can put Didi in. You can take out on the back line. You can be like, okay, Estelle's coming out. We're gonna put in, uh, you know, Amani Dorsey. You know what I mean? Like, you can just mix those around. And I yeah. think it's better because like you don't have to rely on okay. We need Gina in our back line. We need Estelle in our back line. Like we have such a good back line that we can just 
switch him out. And it really doesn't make that much of a difference, I feel like, in our defensive play. I mean, statistically, our defense is accounting for so, – so behind – Behind our like so, and the other team's territory, we're like we're really good, right? But then when you look at in our own territory, passing wise, we have an average of ninety-two percent passing accuracy amongst our back line. So I feel like that just speaks for itself. So it does. It certainly does. Absolutely. And I think probably one other thing I wanted to mention is that having a full season at RBA is just awesome. And uh, as we po- I pointed earlier in the podcast that how much it rained Friday night and to see that field not not waterlogged they do such an amazing job and being to see these women play this entire season at that stadium is amazing yeah it's great I love the fact that we're at Red Bull and I feel like because I, I brought it up several times Friday night I was like hey we should just be glad we're not at Rutgers right now stuck in their cars and yeah they was just I'm glad that they're getting to play in that arena that they deserve to play at so and so we got the the olympics coming up so what are your thoughts going into lips do you think that this is a lock or do you think this is going to be a tough one i think i think we got it i think i think with those two matches over the weekend you definitely showed like because mexico's not a bad team Mm -hmm. at all um but i just think like you could tell that like even when they played in the rain like that team was just sparking and they were communicating and i think i think we're i think we're good to make a good run for a gold medal so so what do you think uh about midge missing the olympics what do you think think it does for her i don't like to criticize like okay you missed this player but i feel like the fact that she can play like you can have her on defense you can have her up forward you know she puts goals in the net i just feel like it was a massive miss for that Olympic roster, I just feel like the fact that she's such a versatile player is just as a miss. I think it was a miss for that roster. Yeah, agreed. But I'm glad that she's here, just tearing things up. She's been she's been on an absolute mission since uh, since missing the Olympics. Yeah, no, definitely. Like I'm glad that like she's on our team, and you know <laughs> that she's going to be scoring goals for us. So, yes. Speaking of Friday night, we got to see. <laughs> Katain warming up and getting ready to come in, but she never made it onto the field. But uh, she looked the part, to me at least. She looked fluid. Even in the warm-up, she looked fluid. And she looked like she's a person who's seen everything before and just knows exactly what to do at each moment. And even her runs in the practice was just on point. And I'm like, okay, this woman's going to be able to score some goals. I'm so excited for her. What are your thoughts? I think, yeah, I definitely think so. I just think the reason we didn't see her the other night is because you have to look at, she got to the States, I think, three days before that game. I think it was like three, <laughs> four days before that game. So obviously, yeah. she had hardly any time to get used to Freya's system to be like, okay, this is how I play in Freya's system. And I think, like, if you don't see her this week, you'll see her in two weeks when we play the Spirit. So I think we're definitely going to see her before the month is up. So and seeing some massive minutes. So. I'm excited. I really want to see her and Brianna Pinto get more and more minutes. I, I just like the one, like, I just, I'm excited to see, like, because I'm like, I'm like, because you have her up front, and then she's going to fill that that um, nine position, essentially. And then you'll have, like, a midfield, like, Allie and McCall. And I feel like, yeah. I don't think teams are ready for that. So. No. 
Absolutely not. The, this, the past like two games, the opposing teams have just kind of just vacated the middle of the field. They just don't even want anything to do with Long, uh, Cujo, and Zerboni. Yeah, it's it's a. I think again, like I'll brag on our. our I think like we're solid all over because I brag on our defense a lot, but I'm like our midfield. I think is also very underrated in the league. So, yeah. So. These past couple weeks, we've also been missing some players, and it seems like plug and play. So, which players do you feel kind of leave the biggest hole in the roster when they're not on the on the field? Um, for me, it's got to be Efi. Definitely, like when Efi comes into the game, you can definitely feel a different energy. Mm-hmm. So, I feel like when she's not on the field, then like there's definitely she definitely brings an energy where it's like you know when Efi comes on, we're about to score some goals. So, so yeah. That goal she scored was absolutely incredible. Uh, yeah, so I feel like Efi, but I would again, I would never like, I wouldn't be like, okay, like we're missing this player, so we're gonna lose. But I definitely right. feel like you can definitely tell, like when Efi gets on the field, she's always like raring to go. So, yeah. And co- speaking about this weekend, uh, we have Portland. Uh, this is, like I said earlier on the podcast, I feel like this game is kind of very telling of where this team is in the pecking order. Yeah. We're like just close to the top, but we can never seem to get past that Portland team. I know they're missing players. We're missing players too. But what do you think Gotham needs to do here to get a points off Portland? I think just show up like they did against C- or, uh, OL Rain. I think if they yeah. show up like that, because you could tell like there are some, there, I think there's similarities between Gotham coming off of that Orlando tie in the last um, couple minutes, and then you look forward. Okay, so we had that ugly tie against KC. I think the team, especially if we have like ten days to prepare for this game, mm-hmm. something like that, to prepare for this game. I think that like we're gonna use those days. We're gonna get ready. I don't think I don't think we're losing this Portland game. I think I think it'll be a close one. I would say like one nothing, like two one. But like we're definitely this is the time like we're gonna come out of Portland with the win. And hopefully we send all those 22,000 fans home on happy. So, yeah, that's again, I think that this is the, I think it's a pivotal game in the season, even though again, we're missing players. If we beat Portland, this basically says we are a team to, not to mess with because we are in the, we are definitely in the top three. But if we, if, but if we can't pull away points here, I don't know if I can make a case for us to be in the top five. I don't know. I'm not sure. But uh, so speaking of Portland, like, what do you? What are your thoughts on the Olivia Matri situation and its impact on the future of the league? I think it's good for the future of the league because you're not. Because I always hate that, like, in women's sports, there's always an age thing. You know what I mean? Like, they're like, "Oh, this player's old," but then you would never look that way in men's sports. So I feel like it's good for the league and that, like, because you got to think, like, we only have that role over here. If she were to go sign a contract in France, she could go play right now. Yeah. And I just feel like it opens a league up to competition that you just have. There's another on tap source of competition, right? Because you're like, okay, now we have this age barrier goes away. Because like, look what it does for the teams over in England and France. Like, they get to open up their their talent pool and be like, okay, this person may be like 16, 17, but they're good enough to play like with the, you know what I mean? Like the. So, I think it's good. I think it's good. I think it'll do a lot of good. So. Yeah, the yeah, her one of the the argument in court was that if she was another gender, if she was uh, in another country, she would already be, be playing with the team, and this is uh, it's unique to the NWSL because uh, you know Red Bull signed fifteen year old players all the time, uh, the MLS signs fifteen year old players all the time, 
why would she be any different? So I, I get that. I totally get that. Yeah, I think it's good. I, I like it. I was, I'm like, yeah, let's let's open the pool. Let's get. I like a league pool competition. Like you want your league to be the best in the world, so why not open the door to more people? Yeah. So how has covering Gotham for Jersey uh, Jersey News going for us? Jersey Sporting News going for you? It's going really great. Um, I I like putting out like I like putting out the content on the team. Like that's all I you know I mean I don't. That's all I do it for. I'm like, hey, I want to put more content out on this team. I want people to know, like, this team is here. They're doing stuff. So I love it. I get to, I get to cover my favorite people, and I can't really complain about it at all. So, was this your background? Uh, is did you go to college for journalism? Yeah. So I went to college for sports media and broadcasting. So I wanted to do this, and then I kind of like that. Really, college wasn't working out, so I was like, I'm gonna take some time off. I'm gonna go in the Navy, and then all of a sudden, like, okay, now I'm like. Now I'm covering again, so so that's what I'm doing. Like in my free time when I'm not working for the Navy, I'm like, well, I'm gonna go to a game. I'm gonna go cover this game. So I like it. I I enjoy it. So so what is your advice for anyone who wants to do what you do? How how do they go about doing? It? Do they have to have a degree? Do they? I mean, do like just I don't know. I guess just like I don't know. I guess ask the question. You know what I mean? Like how can I do this? So and then never be afraid to like because no one's gonna like. One thing that I learned is no one's going to be like, well, that person wants to do this. They're never going to ask you, like, but if you go out there and be like, hey, I want to do this, like, how can I do this? As long as you keep asking the question, I feel like, you know, you're eventually going to get there. So, but never assume that anyone's going to be like looking at you to do something. So, yeah, that, that, that's a good, that's a good takeaway. It's just if you don't, if you're, if you don't ask, you won't get it, essentially. And that seems like, uh, how it's been kind of for you. It seems like when people approach you, you kind of, they don't ask you, you're not going to tell them that you're going to do it. And uh, I noticed that kind of with like player interviews and stuff like that, if you're not willing to, to say, Hey, can I do this? They're not going to offer you that information or give it to you. Yeah. Indeed. So any other uh, thoughts, Robbie, on this game coming up? I'm just, I'm just excited for it. I'm just, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a great environment for the team. I think I'm glad that like, I'm not glad that Portland has fans a full stadium for this game, but I think it's going to be a great test to be like, this is where the team is at. I feel like it's that road environment. Plus like that. I've talked to multiple players and they're like, Oh yeah. Like we like playing in Portland because you like, you like to shut those fans up. And you like, you know what I mean? Like, cause the last yeah. time we were in Portland prior to challenge cup, it was, it was a two, two tie and Portland was honest. They were just steamrolling towards the uh, championship in 2019. And then they just, ran into a, a very like tough sky blue team at the time. And then, so, yeah, so I like I like to send, I like, I like this weekend's game a lot. I, I think it's going to be a great game and I think we're going to win it. So that's my thoughts on the game. So. All right. All right, Robbie, it was, it was a great having you on again. And we'll look forward to talking to you probably a little bit past the halfway point of the season. And we'll, uh, we'll chat further. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So Robbie calls this a one, one nothing. I think it's going to be one nothing. I think it'll be a one nothing. I think we're going to win, but it'll be one nothing. I think they're going to give us a pretty tough test, but I think we got it. Indeed. I think I got, I got two to one. I think uh, Ruby is one nothing. So I think, I think it's going to be a good game. So, all right. So for Ruby, uh, myself and Robbie, uh, thanks you guys for listening and we will talk to you soon.